reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom patrol! And I'm Murray Fox, and this week we are looking at My Greatest Adventure, number 82, from September 1963. Awesome. We have a cover by Bruno Primiani, and it shows uh, Larry, Larry and Rita, <laughs> running off from, uh, running away from some great big thermal unit that is going to burn Earth to a crisp, but at the moment it's only uh, burning Cliff, as he melts to pieces on the cover there. I guess he don't really yeah. melt to pieces. He's melting to... Probably one piece, one big yeah. slag. <laughs> one big slaggy puddle. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would be kind of getting close to his brain there, too, with, with his face melting like that. Yeah, no? you would think, with half his face gone. and <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that inside casing's got to be super, super strong. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, then we move in and we find that behind the unique team is the mysterious figure who plans its every move, the Chief. And what fantastic twist of fate could turn this brilliant mind to conspire against the world? That is the crisis that occurs when the Chief is invited to join three against the Earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, we get uh, almost a recap of the, of the cover there on the splash page. Just with some added, added background detail. Yeah, something about Project Moon City. Yeah, Moon City. Project City, but different. <laughs> That's right. Alrighty, moving in. Uh, we get a mysterious stranger. We get Mr. Jameson, who is hitting a jewelry store, and he's buying a gold lighter with. A uh, little miniature camera concealed inside of it, and we're not quite sure what he plans to do with it yet, but it won't be long before we find out, because that night at the annual Civic Association Banquet, the Doom Patrol is being honored for all the wonderful things they've done in the two issues that they've been around. <laughs> A general word of awesomeness. That's right, for uh, all their... Awesome deeds. <laughs> and we get a quick intro to Larry Trainer, the top test pilot, who is now the negative man. We get Rita Farr, former movie star, now known as Elastic Woman, and Cliff Steele, who doesn't get a name yet. <laughs> Just a big... That'd be a really good title for a miniseries for Rita. Rita Farr, <laughs> former movie star. That's right. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And let me see, as they are given their awards, Rita is given a very special award. She is given that gold cigarette lighter. Wow. Sending a mixed message to the kids, isn't it? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Here, you two can be a glamorous movie star and smoke your brains out. <laughs> Lung cancer is sexy. That's right. Thanks. Thanks for saving us. <laughs> Light them up. That's right. So she takes the... Uh, Cigarette lighter tosses it in her purse, and then they go back home to meet the chief. 
that no one, and I guess we're told that no one has ever seen the chief, no one's ever met the chief. He is this big mystery man that the world is very curious about. He's like Pazzo Sose. <laughs> That's right, and they get home, and uh, Cliff is still grumpy. They, He's grumpy, yeah, I mean, they honored them, but they still don't accept us. We're fabulous freaks. Let's be fair, Cliff is almost always grumpy. <laughs> yeah, he's never... Uh, Never exactly the cheerful cheerleader. He's very much a Ben Grimm kind of figure. <laughs> Always whining and groaning, yes. Click, click, click. Whoops. Alrighty, so uh, the chief whips out a cigarette. I think this is probably the only time we'll see him smoke in the, uh, yeah, probably. In the series, but you know, the story calls for it. So he pulls out his cigarette and... Uh, he, uh, he tells everyone that his identity has to remain secret. And Rita reassures him, don't you worry, we will never tell anyone about you here. Let me give you a light. And she pulls out the uh, secret gold uh, cigarette camera lighter. Leader. That's right, the camera lighter. You too can be a super spy. <laughs> With three box tops and a right. little dime. <laughs> what if it's got an MP3 player in there too? <laughs> that would be... That's what we need. That's what the kids at school need. They need that. That's right. An MP3 player in their little lighters. <laughs> so the Probably next... A couple of their iPods. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Awesome. Alrighty, so the next morning, Rita goes off to uh, accept her check for for uh, being awesome, I guess. Her $5,000 check. And, uh, Good job. I wish I could have a $5,000 check. I know, just for being awesome. Here you go. <laughs> And uh, they start to pepper her with questions about the chief, and she's she's like, hey, I'll take the money, thank you, but uh, no comment on the chief. What <laughs> answer? Give me my dough. Let's That's go. right. Give me the money. That's all I got. But she's uh, completely unaware that while she's chatting away, someone is taking her gold lighter camera and replacing it with just a plain old regular gold lighter. So, of Rip, course, uh, yeah. <laughs> Now all the songs she downloaded on there are no good. Lost them all. They're history. <laughs> That's right. And of course, the next day after the uh, the villains have uh, taken the photographs and taken them into their dark room, we see splashed across the front pages of the newspaper the photo of what the chief looks like, and they are offering a ten thousand dollar reward to anyone who can identify this mysterious bearded man. That's not cool. No. No. Although if no one's ever seen him, then I guess it's not that big a deal. I suppose. <laughs> I think he might have to go up and smoke everyone in a while or something. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, of course, the Doom Patrol is worried that there is a traitor in their midst. And uh, the chief, the chief, he's uh, he's a little worried about all this and... He's convinced there's no danger of his past being exposed, but he's still uh, curious about who this traitor might be, so he asks everyone to leave, give him time to think, and uh, Rita sticks sticks with him, stays behind, and, and uh, she says, Why did you say no one can ever expose your past? And he says, Rita, instinct tells me that you're not the traitor, so I'm going to trust you with my secret. No one on Earth knows my past because I'm not of Earth. I know, it's shocking, so she needs another cigarette. <laughs> and out comes the new gold lighter. Well, she got it, so she might as well use it now. That's Maybe she did right. 
forward. Oh, well, I might as well start. <laughs> so she's got her lighter. She clicks it, and of course, yeah. Do we know? I guess. Do we? Yeah. I don't know if we know yet what its little secret is. Maybe not. Anyway, she's got the lighter going, and clearly it's up to no good. It's a cigarette lighter. <laughs> no, actually, I think at this point, that's just a regular lighter now, right? Because they took the photo lighter. Yeah, that's right. They took the photo lighter, so she's got this regular lighter. Yeah. So the chief starts to tell her about how he's not of this earth, how he uh, came from this advanced race in a world far, far away, and, and uh, his father has sent him out in their little space rocket to look for atomic energy throughout the uh, solar system. And, and uh, he tells kind us... Kind of like Superman-ish. That's <laughs> very much. There, except for he's grown up and have a baby. That's right, that's right. So he hops into his uh, wonky little spaceship there. It looks like a little top. Yeah. Zooming through space and he... Uh, like the one the great goose came from. <laughs> and off he goes, zooming through Earth. He hits our atmosphere... Because uh, he recognizes, of course, that Earth is just like a hotbed of atomic energy. And as That's he right. comes flying in, he's uh, attacked by the Air Force. They shoot him down. His plane crashes. And unfortunately, he had to pull himself out. His legs were useless. His ship was destroyed. But in time, he became wealthy by selling all of his scientific knowledge. And his body. <laughs> Always left of it. <laughs> The chief, hooker for hire. <laughs> you can uh, put his legs anywhere. He doesn't know. <laughs> All right. Now there's a... There's <laughs> a selling point. <laughs> That's a sweet image. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, All righty. So Rita is like, wow, that explains all your, your mansion and the millions of dollars worth of equipment. You're a, you're a space alien. And uh, she, of course, she tells chiefs that she will never reveal the secret and off she goes to uh, just go for a walk in the street and uh, as she's walking along some thief comes along and steals her handbag and at first she's she's pretty upset and then she realizes well you know what the only thing I've got in there is that gold lighter so oh well they can have my purse I'll I'll survive. I can't, I can quit smoking again. <laughs> That's right I was thinking about quitting anyway so. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> There we go. So the uh, while she's gone, Cliff comes in to visit the chief, and uh, and the chief says, "You know what? I can trust you, Cliff. I'm going to tell you the story of my past. Sit down." Can't trust a robot that you trust. That's right, especially a robot that you wired and built yeah. from the ground up. <laughs> You're holding all the spare parts. So robot pretty much got to be your buddy. That's right. Uh, and so. That flashes us into a television studio scene where uh, the radio, well, not the radio announcer, I guess the TV announcer is, uh, he tells the world, or uh, he tells the people on, uh, on TV that they're about to hear the story of the chief. And uh, suddenly we hear the chief's words talking about how he's, he's an alien and his father was a leading scientist and, and that... Uh, at the uh, Doom Patrol headquarters, uh, Cliff is is shocked. He's like, "You're an alien. You told me you were raised in a Tibetan lamasery. Lamasery. There we go." <laughs> and uh, Larry's That's where like, llamas come from. There we go. Llamas come from a 
Glomissary. Excellent. See? Wow, this is like learning stuff. <laughs> learning and learning and learning. <laughs> and Larry is totally shocked. He's like, what? You told me you were reared at Cambridge University as an amazing intellectual experiment. That was personal. Uh-huh. Getting reared at Cambridge? Yeah. <laughs> Chief's like, you know. that's right. All these stories I told you were lies, including the version about my being an alien, which was the story I told to Rita. And Rita's like, uh-huh. You bastard. <laughs> it was a trick to uncover the informant. But I didn't betray you, Chief. You have to believe me. You have to. And while she's having a little freak out, we uh, change scenes and we head over to the airport where we meet three... Uh, rich fat cats. That's right. British rich fat cats. We've got Monsieur Duvoir, a big financial hotshot, and we've got uh, Senator Durham and someone else. Dr. Sabatini, chairman of the International Science Foundation. And of course, these three men, they come in and they, they decide that they have much to discuss about the chief. And that brings us to the end of Chapter one. Mm -hmm. And as we move... Fat cat get involved. That's right. It's never good when the uh, international... <laughs> the international money crowd is after you. That's right. So we zoom on to uh, chapter two, where we get a little blurb that says, Three men enter a palatial home. A wizard of international finance, a mighty political figure, and a scientific genius. But... Behind a bolted door, a fantastic transformation takes place. A revelation that would shake the earth to its core. For these three are forming the conspiracy of the Green-Headed League. Why are they called Green-Headed, you ask? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. Because yeah. as they sit down around their little table, they whip off their little plastic masks. And boom, they are Green-Headed. Green-Headed. alien. Yes. You gotta love those masks. Their heads are like completely. <laughs> yep. Just like all over it. Yeah, just whip off the plastic and green scales everywhere. Yep. So they uh, they say in the seven years that they've been on Earth, they've done you know they've done admirably. They've got these commanding positions of authority around the world, and now everything is uh, in jeopardy because of the chief. Yes, they suspected him of not being from Earth right from the very start. His methods and his equipment were all uh, far too advanced for the planet Earth. So now they figure they have a competitor, and so they decide they either have to uh, kill him or bring him into their little conspiracy. So they're opting for uh, pulling him into the conspiracy first. So they hop into their uh, handy-dandy helicopter and start yeah. searching the town for the chief. And uh, first commands with their scientific technology to read hot spots, the uh, power uh, grid. That's right. And uh, eventually they hit on the one hot spot that is the Doom Patrol headquarters, which really <laughs> shouldn't be too hard to find given that it's. It stands out pretty, pretty well. Yeah, there's like 8 million. A little switched in between sky ride buildings. <laughs> yeah, 8 million high rises and. One little home kind of smashed in there. It's <laughs> not uh, not suspicious at all. No. <laughs> so they've uh, they found the Doom Patrol's home, and inside the uh, 
the uh, little mansion there, the Doom Patrol, uh, are all relieved to find out that the Chief realizes that none of them are traitors. He's, he's uh, confident in all of their abilities, and Rita gives him a little kiss. Oh, you're wonderful. I couldn't bear it when you thought I was the traitor. And, well, he uh, knows that she's not the traitor because he's deduced that since there was a picture of him, that must be the lawyer that she had. That's right. And he's... later they twist the camera for a tape report. That's right. He's a clown. So I guess it wasn't a regular letter after all. That's right. It was, it, was, it was never a cigarette lighter. All righty. So as they are uh, heading out to do their work, uh, Larry approaches Rita and he says, you know what, it's none of my business, but don't you think you're a little too emotional with the chief? Yeah, he doesn't want anyone cutting in on his... Uh, <laughs> On yeah. his territory there, Rita is... Oh, that's what happens when you get a team that's like three dudes and a chick. <laughs> that's right. They're all sniffing around. <laughs> and sure enough, well. that's right. Not at all. And in comes Cliff. And uh, <laughs> in comes Cliff with his words of support. Look, mummy face. <laughs> it's time you stop thinking <laughs> you were... That's right. Number one boy around here. And Rita's like, ugh, enough of this. Let's go out for a coffee. <laughs> we'll go if talk. We to... Say, have a drinking game for the Doom Patrol. <laughs> this is one of those things that we would be drinking at a lot. No kidding. Just to get into a fight over Rita Rita going, stop it, let's go do something else. <laughs> no kidding. It's Yeah, it's uh, one of those recurring... If she didn't say she was a lesbian straight out, they would have been, you know... <laughs> there we go. We need one more chick on the team and then... Then you'll see. You'll <laughs> then the fireworks will fly. <laughs> Alrighty, so they're uh, they're heading out for their coffee, and that leaves the chief home alone and uh, ripe for the picking as the three aliens come in and uh, they introduce themselves. And before you can uh, say much of anything, they're whipping off their masks and showing their green scales to to whoever wants to see them. <laughs> Doesn't it seem odd to you that Alice? Doom Patrol has all this technology and stuff, and yeah, these dudes are walking off the street. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, hello. No security at all. <laughs> None. They're just, uh, knock, knock, no alarm tone. alarm forced from the window, but it doesn't do a thing. Yeah. <laughs> no one answered, so we thought we'd just pop in. Hello. <laughs> and they, uh, they let the chief know about, uh, their plans. They've got, uh, they plan to build this network of secret devices around the world, and once those devices are activated, the units are going to rapidly heat up Earth and everything's going to dry up and burn up. But before everything totally burns to a crisp, um, they're going to have, uh, they're going to announce radio contact with another world which offers an army of technicians who are just going to come swooping in to save the day. And once they save the day and all these aliens are, are happily at home on Earth, they will... Uh, be able to just take over the earth in the snap of their fingers there. Raptors will be so grateful to them. That's right. Everyone will be like, Woo, we love you. And then, Apparently they've never actually talked to Americans. <laughs> Here in the Western world, we don't like to uh, be under anybody's influence. <laughs> no, but uh, but this is a very European comic. It's all, well, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> All righty, so the chief agrees that uh, he'll join their little uh, consortium of evil there and and uh, 
They tell him (laughs) they tell him that after landing here, we buried a model of the heat devices at a site which later became a secret government project. You have to order your Doom Patrol to break into that project and dig it up. It's done, says the chief. They'll never know that they're betraying their own world. (laughs) So of course the chief is uh, totally playing the aliens, and uh, he sends the Doom Patrol out to pretend to carry out the commands. So they head off at the government project, which turns out to be that Project Moon City. And it's surrounded by this radioactive electric wall. (laughs) And that is perfect for Larry, who sends his negative man creature through the energy wall. And once he's through the wall, he just flips a switch and they're all able to walk on in. And we get inside and we find it's like this big desert, mountainous, well, desert mountain. It's rocky. It's There's nothing there. But it's a bare wasteland full of little uh, huts, little igloo-shaped huts. That's right. Very, uh, very future. <laughs> it's like something from another world, says Rita. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chief explains it's Project Moon City, and it's a testing place for uh, all these automatic devices that are going to be used on the first moon landing. And having just said that, one of those automatic devices comes racing towards them, uh, drill and laser out, ready to ready to uh, attack whoever happens to be nearby. You know, these guys go up against <laughs> these, uh, they go up against little wacky machines all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, little alien tanks all the time. No. <laughs> yes. So here we have another one. It's a giant red drill heading straight for the team. And uh, the cliff says, yeah, you don't need to worry about this. Get behind me. I can handle this one. And he just lets the uh, drill run into him, and it breaks off and just crumbles in front of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tough. He is Which you wouldn't know, bro, that was the way he gets trapped all the time. <laughs> yeah, his uh, arms get mangled, his legs get mashed. But here, he's just standing, and everything breaks around him. You'd think that at least he would break that little thing he's got on the uh, on his chest there. That's what the chief do want. <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah. Nope. It uh, that TV little camera goes through anything. It must be made by a uh, Timex or something. It takes a licking. Bang <laughs> straight. That's right. And shortly afterwards, Rita is picked up in a giant uh, scoop and claw thing and is dumped out in a big pile of rubble, but before she can be squashed, Negative Man comes zooming out, catches her, brings her down to the ground, and and uh, she, she, is, she does the big growy-growy thing. So she grabs one of the moon igloos, she starts shoveling up the earth, and before long she finds the mechanism that could burn the earth to a crisp. And actually, it's and that's when the aliens appear and they say, you know what, we lied to your chief. We don't have a network of, of uh, devices. We just have that one machine alone, and it is strong enough to do the trick. And he starts doing the zappy-zappy at uh, the Doom Patrol with his atomic disintegrator. <laughs> Makes me think of Marvin the Martian there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with a big bazoom... Uh, Cliff goes running off, and Negative Man comes shooting out and flies away. 
yeah, and they think, ha, we frightened you off. Really, he's just flying off to the chief, who hands him this special device, um, special weapons that he had been working on that are that are totally going to save the day. And before we know it, Negative Man is back. He's dropped the weapons off with the Doom Patrol, and one of the weapons happens to be like a big, looks like a laser beam. Cliff grabs it, he shoots it up at the one of the mountains nearby, and really it's just like a big super-powered flashlight. But uh, a laser pointer. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. <laughs> this is the, the 60s. They learned how to mean this <laughs> And uh, the aliens are thinking, you know, it's not much more than a light, but that's, of course, when Negative Man slips into that beam of light and uh, takes out the mountain with a great big kavoom, and it all explodes around, and they're suddenly, oh, now they're impressed. They're thinking, oh, total light energy. The chief's world has harnessed total light energy. Our scientists have only been experimenting with it, so they're they're getting a little bit worried. But uh, Cliff says, you know what? That's not all. Keep your eye on this metal ball. I'm just going to let it roll gently down toward you, and as it's rolling, it gets bigger and bigger, and and the aliens realize that Earth has learned the secret of expanding matter, and they uh, they go running off for their lives. When really, of course, inside that metal ball, it's just Rita who is growing bigger and bigger, forcing the ball to grow big with her. Ow. Yeah. Then uh, the aliens, they run off into their thermal machine, which will destroy them. They figure their plan is still going to succeed. They turn on their great big heating machine, and then they run off. And Cliff tells Larry to uh, go take care of the aliens while he looks after the super radiator. And so he just kind of runs up into it, and it looks like he's going to give it a great big hug. <laughs> really, what... short of that, using his body as a conductor, I guess. That's right. He's just kind of running into it and, and uh, hoping to wreck the entire circuit. Um, and he's maybe doing the trick, but it's not taken, or it's taken too long, and so Rita is... Cliff, you got to get away from there. Even you can't take that heat. And he's like, yes, yes, I can. You just go help Larry. He's looking for the Jokers. You go help him, and, and I'll just wait here and melt. <laughs> got it. Got it, he says. Don't That's worry it. about it. I'm fine. I got it. She's like, no, I can't leave you. And, of course, he says, you need to go. Go, go, go. Scram, I can do this. So she uh, runs off. She has little little negative man riding on her shoulder, and once they find the aliens... Uh, Negative Man zooms out there. He gives them an oof and an ag, and they're uh, they, football tackle. That's really right. uh, yeah, a big yeah, amazing yeah. football tackle. And then, just at that moment, we realize that Cliff has managed to uh, deactivate the big machine, but he is one big melted, <laughs> one big melted wow. mess. And uh, Rita just cradles him into her chest, not uh, worried about third-degree burns to her uh, boobs at all. <laughs> you know, that kind of looks like fading death in that prosthetic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's broken uh, down and wrecked. Looks like he's got even beard looks. He looks like beard style. <laughs> like him in pretty and pink. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and uh, Cliff gives off one of his, one of his usual... Uh, you know, the chief's going to be able to fix me up, but it's so nice to know that somebody cares about a 
a robot man. He can almost hear it. <laughs> yeah, he can almost hear the choke. <laughs> Somebody loves me. <laughs> and, of course, they get home and the chief uh, fixes him up. Good as new. And he's all shiny and gold once again. And uh, that's when they realize, you know what, chief? Uh, none of the stories you told us about yourself was true. We still don't know your real background. And he says, perhaps it's better that way for all of us. And that is where, <laughs> that's right. That is where the story ends. Uh, let me see. We move into the letters page and I think we get our first letter about the Doom Patrol. Little Ricky Katz from Chicago, Illinois. He's like, Ooh, Doom Patrol is excellent. It's splendid, superb, tremendous, superior. It's the best heroic characters ever and if you retire them you will lose 500 readers i have a lot of friends <laughs> i doubt that ricky i doubt that very much 500 friends mm. he's uh he's been uh taking notes from the stan lee school of letter writing <laughs> hyperbole uh, he's part there <laughs> that's right that's right that's uh that's about all they meant i mean there's more little complimentary bits they all Love the Doom Patrol at this point. It was great. Why would, yeah. Why Why would they yeah. not? That's right. They say next issue is going to have a double-length spectacular called The Night Negative Man Went Berserk. Berserko. Berserko. That's right. Uh-oh, Berserko. <laughs> and that brings us to the end Yay. of this issue. Woohoo! That is right. So, if you want to uh, send us an email or let us know what you thought about this podcast, our email address is is what doom doom pod troll doom pod at troll gmail dot com. There we go, doom pod troll at gmail dot com. D o m p o d t r o l. Or you can visit our website at. Uh, which is doompodtroll.com, doompodtroll.com, and you can leave us a comment there on the episode that we just talked about. And we will see you all next time, next week, I guess. (laughs) Catch you later. (laughs)